Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello and Merry Christmas, Ward. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, it's before Christmas when we're recording this. It'll be after Christmas when people are listening to this. So um, I hope I had a good Christmas, and I hope that all the listeners had a good Christmas. And I hope I had good Chinese food, because that's what us Jews do on Christmas Day. Well, it's not just the Jewish people who do it. If you watch The Christmas Story, which I'm sure you have. Never. Never. It's great. It takes place in Gary, Indiana. I know. I know. I need to watch it. Maybe this year will be the year I watch it. Um, it is it is the best, um, you know, but spoiler, things don't go well in the kitchen and the family ends up at a Chinese restaurant and it's a classic scene. There you go. Well, my little Christmas miracle is that no matter what day of the year, we are always powered by. You know, it would be the perfect birth. <laughs> it's Jesus's birthday. You know, it would be the perfect Christmas gift. What's that? A car from communitycars.com. Doesn't matter. Could be could be a luxury car if you're in the market for a luxury car, but could also be a budget vehicle if you're in the market for a budget vehicle because they have a vehicle for every budget, for every level of income, for every level of car that you need. They got you covered. Do you think the good people at Community Cars could help me get the new steering wheel cover onto my 20... 20- 14 Prius, because before you texted me that you were ready to do this, I'm out in my Prius with neighbors walking by hearing me curse because maybe it's because I didn't buy my car from community cars. And now the steering wheel handle won't. I mean, because like if I don't have one on there, I just have black soot on my hands because the steering wheel is so old and corroded in the California sun. It just crumbles into my fingers. But now in trying to get 
a new one which says it this is the size for a 2014 prius you look at it and you hold it up right to it and you're like yep looks like the right size impossible to put on i think what you need to do is you call community cars they come pick your car up <laughs> no matter where you are in the continental 48 they fix it deliver it back to you within 24 hours see this is why communitycars.com is the absolute best in the business they're not just perfect for the holidays they're the gift that keeps on giving no matter what time of year it is buy yourself and your loved ones a community car one one for each stocking you know what the best christmas gift though ever is go on the three ball starting to fall in assembly hall baby oh look at that you rhymed even i nailed it i nailed it i mean like i am so grateful this holiday season that now we're a good shooting team everything yeah. has been fixed we did it against a top tier opponent in a really harsh environment like if you make it rain in those conditions i mean come on big 10 it's got to be no problem it is hilarious that the last time we hit that many threes was against north alabama <laughs> <laughs> if we could just play them 10 to 15 times a year look i don't care who it was against i don't care if it was an open scrimmage I don't care if it was playing like pros versus Joes and it's them playing against us. They haven't been hit able to hit water if they fell out of a boat. And that game, Malik Renew filled it up. I will say this about Malik. Malik has been popping them a little bit more and making a few here and there. That is a huge thing. He's a sophomore. And if he, he didn't have that as part of his game at all his freshman year. And now the stroke looks pretty good. He's taking him a little bit more. It does bode very well for his future if that becomes an actual element in his game. But you just had to love seeing him fall, Ward. I mean, it was just so nice. Yeah, you predicted before the game that we were going to hit eight three-pointers. Who knew you would be underestimating our team by a significant margin? Um, and I was happy to see it, but I, you know, the whole time and up until this point, I'm just like, you got to make them when it counts. And I'm sorry, this, this was not a good team at all. This was not, they weren't as good as Moorhead state. You know what I mean? Like this, it just, it, we've been told that this team can shoot. And we brought this up in the last pod with Rabby in practice. But it, you're not a good shooting team unless you can do it during games. And to me, like, uh, fool's gold, no, because I don't even feel like I'm, I'm fooled at this point. It's like, yes, that's great. You guys have the ability to make them. And I can only hope that in the psyche of the athlete, which is paramount, this really does something for them going into the new year. But, like, I'm going to need to see not more games like that, but just, like, decent games, just okay games, hitting, like, 33% as a team and shooting more than five before I, I, I couldn't even get excited during this game just because I'm like, yeah, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you kind of want to see that we consistently, the floor is, like, six or seven instead of the floor being three and four. Because then at least, okay, if the floor is six or seven and you're scoring 18 to 21 points from three, you're at least not going to get blown out by most teams just on the three-point line. But I agree, the proof will be in the pudding. But here is the truth. The thing that is bringing Hoosiers 
the most holiday joy this holiday season is the football team's momentum right now. It is exciting as hell, and I have gotten lost in the excitement. What about you? For sure. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we were playing in a couple January bowl games. So the feeling of being this excited about Indiana football during the holidays is relatively recent, but yet it seems like a lifetime ago. So to be able to be sitting here after the handful of seasons we have and have this coach in place who, hey, if you if you doubt him, just Google him and you'll see that he wins, right? And um, what what do we have besides hope and optimism as IU football fans? And this is this isn't fool's gold. Well, maybe it is. Well, yeah, who knows? We don't. But it we don't sure know. looks good. It looks so bright and shiny, and it's just this guy has not any kind of false bravado. This guy has a really deep-rooted sense of self-confidence that going to four programs and winning at all of them every season brings. And yeah, I'd imagine he's looking around at what we got, the recruits we have access to, the facilities we have, which we know comparably to the Big Ten are not great at all. But he's like, oh, my God, look at all this. Look at everything I have. I've won at places that are equivalent of a high school so far as support and facilities go. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm 100 percent on board the Polar Express here with Coach Signetti. Look, I, the guy's got giant King Kong balls. I mean, he just does. <laughs> he's he's brimming with self-confidence. There's already been on social media a wave of this guy's a D-bag posts. Have you seen these? Like people that are not Indiana fans are like, just Google me. I win. Like there has now been a negative reaction to him from other people, which I love, which warms (laughs) the cockles of my heart that he is, he is fine being out there being that guy. But also look, I, I am not, the guy who can speak to the 21 signees that we have and how do they compare to other signees? All I know is looking on paper, this is not a very good recruiting class. I mean, when you look at the actual numbers, the ratings, it is, it would have been one of Tom Allen's worst recruiting classes. Now, many of the players that we're getting are like, James Madison recruits, guys that had committed to James Madison that are coming over. We're getting a a transfer from Ohio, who was a quarterback, who was a really good player in the MAC. But we are getting players, when you look at the other schools that have offered them, are no better than the level of player that we have bemoaned for years following Indiana recruiting. But this guy doesn't care. This guy is like, I know what wins. And these guys win and I'm going to win and you can kiss my ass. That's his attitude. And and I'm adopting his attitude. I'm following our coach into the fire on this because the guys he were getting he was gonna have come to James Madison. Oh, you mean that top twenty-five program that he took literally to another level when he brought him to the FBS and continued to kick ass? Um, great. Yes, I think. I think his James Madison teams would have fared better in the Big Ten over the last three seasons than we did. Uh, so let's go. I'm I I'm ta- and I I do really like his philosophy of with the portal guys that they have to have had 
production, that they were not only producing numbers, but they were they were able to stay on the field, you know, because that's always so overlooked. Like some guys just never make it happen because they're injury prone. They're just not built for college football. So I, you know, I'm all on board with everything he says about everything and will be until the results on the field tell me I shouldn't be so blindly in love with his approach. Take this for whatever it's worth, and it may be nothing. But the former president of Northwestern University goes to my synagogue. He okay. is retired. He, uh-huh. he he retired before all the hazing stuff with Fitzgerald. Convenient. But but, but he hired Chris Collins at, at uh, the basketball team, and they've done very well, gone to the, the NCAA tournament. And they're actually yep. they've upset Purdue now number one in the country, two consecutive years, which we love, obviously. But this guy is, I mean, he was the president of Northwestern. This is a heavy-duty dude. Yeah, that's impressive. And we had a long conversation today about the machinations of the Big Ten Conference, and he was saying that when he was there, he and McRobbie were really trying to get Indiana in the West division. They were really <laughs> fighting. They wanted Indiana in the West, and and Indiana wanted it obviously for obvious reasons, and they just didn't have the votes, so they ultimately it, it, got Purdue. It's funny, you know, that he wanted us in there so he could get another win every year. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but I asked him, you know, do, he and he he just started going off on sports, and he is like. This is a president who got sports. He was chiefly responsible for that giant $250 million practice facility that they built right on the water that Mm. is beautiful. And he said to me, he goes, you guys finally hired right in football. And I said, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, I don't think you could have done better than the hire you've just made. He's like, I really like that. And he did say, I also love your basketball program. Always have. It's always been the crown jewel in the Big Ten, even though you've struggled. Indiana basketball, the fan support, Assembly Hall. He just spoke so glowingly about Indiana. It made me like huff up a little bit, you know? We didn't talk about academics compared to Northwestern, <laughs> but but he was, he was schools extreme, can. Yeah, he was very complimentary of the hire. And this guy is a heavy-duty guy that uh, retired on his own terms as the president of Northwestern. So a smart guy who obviously knew how to win with a lot less at Northwestern when it comes to athletics and recruiting and all that. So I, uh, I'm very excited about football, which is why we dedicated this episode to what we dedicated it to. But before we get to that, a brand new segment. Look at this. Look at us. Look at what we're doing now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening to us at all, You know that we love our partners, and one of the partners that we've worked with for a while now is IU Ventures. IU Ventures is the only place in Indiana actually writing checks to former Hoosiers who are founders and CEOs and key people at innovative companies. And we are starting a new series where we're going to feature some of those companies on our podcast, and we couldn't be happier to start with this company today. We are talking to a gentleman who hails from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Bloomington and then Chicago. He is a proud graduate of Indiana University, year 2004, which makes him younger than us, which pisses us off because he's way more accomplished than us. He has formed a company called, he is the founder and CEO of a company called New Current, which Fast Company in 2023 announced was the seventh most innovative company in the world in consumer electronics, just to put it in perspective, 
Number five was Apple. And number nine was LG. That's the kind of company that this dude is dealing with. New current focuses on wireless technologies. IU Venture is a big part of it. He's a Hoosier. We're proud to have him. Please welcome Jacob Babcock. All right. I need to carry you around with me. I need that type of hype wherever I go. Thank you. <laughs> Our pleasure. So, Jacob, tell us first your Hoosier story. Where? How did you land at Indiana? Why did you go to Indiana? And how did Indiana help you in your mission to form this company? Yeah, I I love being a Hoosier. I am so proud of the school. And, you know, I did go to Northwestern for law school and I proudly don't own anything purple. Couldn't give <laughs> any, I couldn't care less about how their teams perform. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. So Hoosier through and through, but it didn't start that way. Um, uh, it's it's kind of a grudge story, grudge story, chip on my shoulder story. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin. I thought I was going to be a Badger and they waitlisted me and I and I didn't like the feeling of getting put on the waitlist. Yes. My dad was a Hoosier. He was from Valparaiso and went to IU. So just come check out IU with me. We went down, fell in love and, you know, uh, you know, never looked back from there. But at first, you know, I wasn't expecting it when I was 17 years old uh, to be a Hoosier. Now, Jacob, you were there during tumultuous but also fantastic times. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about your experience as an undergrad with IU actually going to a national championship game? Imagine that, huh? Yeah, so my dad was there during the Rose Bowl. Uh, and, you know, I the, the singular, Rose Bowl. <laughs> Although we will be playing in the Rose Bowl next year. Which That's is right. Come on and, out, um, join us. Yeah, and I was near the, and I was near the, uh, or there for the, my sophomore year was with AJ Moye and that crew and, and Jared Jeffries went down uh, to Atlanta um, and had a friend who uh, his dad was, you know, a pretty connected guy in Atlanta. So he got us a limo to the game. So we're showing up in the game, got dropped off in the limo drop off area. Mike Wilbon is uh, standing right there and uh, showed him the sign we made, uh, Oklahoma going home sooner. And he just said, that's not very original, guys. And uh, I was like, you're kind of a dick. And then we just moved on. Can we swear on this show? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, very good. So walk us through, uh, I'm betting you weren't a SPIA major because SPIA majors don't go on to form companies. Uh, uh, <laughs> give, us, give us the origin story of New Current and how that came to be. Went to law school at Northwestern. It started, uh, I was in a class that was focused on medical device innovation. Um, lawyers, business students, medical students, and engineering students, all grad level. We were all put on a team to solve a problem with implants and medical devices. And what the problem we focused on was charging those devices inside of human bodies. Mm. That turned into us powering devices in the human body, became cell phones, became wearables, became you know, other types of devices. And in the future, it's going to change the way that we uh, interact with electronics. Like, you know, I don't think 10 years from now, maybe even five years from now, we're going to be walking around with our face in our phones. You know, electronics are going to be right here on our face. Audio, voice, visual, visual input, all of that will be just naturally, you know, the way that you already stand and look at the world. So that can't happen without wireless power and wireless data. And that's what we're bringing to the world. And just for our listeners, yes, it's very important that somebody, whatever medical device they have in their body is stays charged. We get it. That's real important. But for our listeners, would you talk a little bit about the uh, basketball you have there on your desk with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, 
So we do a few things in sports. Um, probably the most notable one that we do is uh, whoop, but we've also done basketball. So, um, you know, just normal basketballs. Uh, it was a Spalding company they invested in. Uh, it was called 9450. And um, there's a sensor in this basketball and in order and a, and a battery, and it's right in the middle. So you still get pretty good rotation. But um, in order to charge that sensor, you needed to, you know, you can't really plug a basketball in. There's nowhere to put a USB port on this thing. <laughs> so um, they put a wireless power receiver antenna under this circle. If you're watching on video, it doesn't bounce right because they had to put it right under the surface. So what we ended up doing is we made it much smaller and buried it about 10 times deeper into the ball so mm -hmm. that you still got that really good bounce. And so what that sensor does is it detects like rotation, but what their vision was was really cool. They were benchmarking like Steph Curry. And then mm -hmm. what they were gonna do is compare people like their spin rate, their bounce rate when they're dribbling on different drills to NBA players so that people could improve their personal game. So that's wow. really what it was for. It was a coaching tutor for individuals. I'm pretty sure Indiana basketball has a rack of those balls up that they use from time to time. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I've oh, seen yeah. that ball. I think I've tried to steal one, to be honest. <laughs> the 9450s? Yes, yeah. I in, think we've seen in, a rack of them. In Cook Hall, they have like 16 of them. I think they can take them out with each player. And, and they're track. all sitting in a charging rack. Totally. I don't know if that bodes well for like three point shooting coaching. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> Clearly, maybe, not. maybe they should use a different ball. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the one with the new current technology. You're to blame. You're to blame. Yeah, uh, look, Jacob, talk to us about obviously, you found this company. You're interested in wireless charging and data. Where does IU Ventures come in? How does IU Ventures help you get to the place where you are today? Yeah, IU Ventures has been an awesome partner. The financial support, the relationship support has been really fantastic. Um, they've been with, with us on almost every step of the way since they got involved in our Series B financing and have always been very supportive with introductions, a capital. Um, and I'm really proud that they're able to support us, but not only us, but you know, uh, faculty members that are coming out with really cool new technologies. It takes a lot to get an, a technology idea into market. There's a, just a lot of, uh, it's not easy to do, and you need a lot of support and there's a community element. And to have a venture fund that's focused on IU alumni and faculty members is really special and they've been a great partner. So Jacob, how do we, how do we follow your guys' innovations, seeing where your, your technology is showing up so all the Hoosiers listening can buy you know, the Whoop instead of the uh, competitor, if you will? Yeah, we, um, I appreciate that. We're really kind of the technology in the technology. We're a little bit more of Intel inside than uh, the just do it Nike brand. But um, that being said, if there's any people listening that are like in technology and tech companies, we would love for you to follow us. LinkedIn is probably the place to get most of our best content. Uh, we do episodes on there called Proof Points, uh, where we uh, talk a lot about where wireless charging is going, what the future looks like, what products are using it. We have a presence on Twitter as well. You can check us out there, but really that's just linking you over to our LinkedIn content. So uh, LinkedIn's probably the best spot and we'd be happy to uh, talk with anybody that's uh, electronically inclined that has devices that could get rid of pogo pins or other charging mechanisms and, and help you out. Awesome. The name of the company is New Current, N-U Current, not N-E-W, N-U Current. Jacob, will you be at the IU Founders and Funders Network Venture Summit in Bloomington come May? 
Maybe. I do not know at this point, but maybe. Will you be there? We will be there. We are going to be there. We're going to be hosting a podcast there. It's our first year going. We're really excited to partner with IU Ventures. And anybody listening to this could be there as well. The registration will be there. I want to meet the new guy. Who's that? Coach Sig. Oh, I think a lot of that, it might depend on if we get him on the show and how badly we piss him off. It's true. (laughs) It's true. The registration we have low patience for Tom Foolery from the media. So I know we're very nervous about our interview. Yeah, with you him. guys are in a, you're, you're in a hot water. We'll see how you But do. I will say this you're in a good episode because the guest today is the biggest recruit from the recruiting class of Coach Sig's first recruiting class. So, Mr. Cherry, correct. Hey, we don't say his name until we bring him on, but maybe. Oh, all right, all right, all maybe. Right. <laughs> um, the registration link, by the way, for the founder, IU Founders and Funders Network Venture Summit in Bloomington will go live at iuventures.com on March 1st. The event is May 16th and 17th. We will be there. That may be a deterrent for many of you, but we will be there. It may be a deterrent for Jacob after this conversation. (laughs) Who knows? But Jacob, we love having you on. We love that you're our first guest in highlighting this. Our podcast is about sharing the love of Hoosiers. We love Hoosiers. We love Hoosiers doing good things on the athletic fields. And you obviously are doing great things in the world of business. Again, Fast Company, one of the most innovative companies of 2023. They're going to figure out a way to get rid of all wires everywhere forever. Amen. All right. So very cool company. Love that guy. Love his Hoosier spirit. And love our friends at IU Ventures. Before we get to the main attraction of this podcast episode, Ward, I do want to just say, because we are recording it beforehand, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you have a wonderful day. And Merry Christmas to all those Hoosiers out there that will have celebrated it when you're listening to this yesterday. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Hoosiers of all ages, this gentleman today... I'd argue he is the newest Hoosier. He's already rocking the gear. He's got all of Hoosier Nation very, very excited about what the fall has in store. Eric, who is it exactly we are speaking with today? Hailing. Are you from Greenwood originally? Yep. Yes. Hailing. From Greenwood, Indiana, this gentleman stands six foot five and weighs about 220 pounds which is very different than the fact that I weigh more than that and am much shorter. I don't want to get into that. We are talking to a four-star recruit at the quarterback position. We are talking to a Mr. Football in the state of Indiana for the quarterback position and one of the finalists for Mr. Football in the state of Indiana. We are talking to a gentleman who is ranked as the number 18th best quarterback in the country by 247 Sports. He is the second highest quarterback recruit Indiana has landed in the rankings era. He is the, if you will, cherry on top of the recruiting class the first recruiting class ever for coach signetti at indiana university he has a long indiana lineage his mother went to iu his uncle played baseball at iu his grandfather played football at iu he of course committed to duke then there was a shakeup in the coaching staff there. He realized there was a better decision for him out there. He recently committed to Indiana University after leading the Center Grove Trojans to a 23-4 and record over the last two years, which included a Class 6A state title and a state semifinals appearance. 
He threw for 5,461 yards and 56 touchdowns, a completion percentage overall of 68.5%. But as a senior, he had a completion percentage of 71.5% for 3,156 yards, 34 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to, of course, none other than the future of the quarterback position at Indiana, Tyler Cherry. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. That was a lot. That was a lot. We're excited. Welcome to the family. Obviously, Indiana University has been in your family for a very long time. What does it feel like now to be wearing that hoodie and knowing you too are a Hoosier? You know, it's it's awesome. Just going into the whole recruiting process, Indiana was my, my first official offer. And, and that was awesome. Just having them being my first offer and stuff just really stuck with me. But as the process went on, I kind of grew away from them. And like you said, committed to Duke. And then with the coaching coaching switch up, um, shortly after Coach Signetti and those guys got the job, they were right back on my tail. And that was a great first impression from those guys. So just being to call myself a Hoosier with my family bloodline through there is just something that's awesome and will, will stick with me forever. So we'll get into the recruiting because it was obviously fast and furious as it, as it needed to be. But just since the commitment, which is just a couple days old now, how has your life changed? I mean, I, we see it on social media. What are you feeling from the fan base right now? Yeah, lots of love. I, I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I knew it was going to be a big deal. Um, Coach Ignetti warned me it was going to be a big deal, but I didn't really believe him full on. But once I posted that, it kind of blew up, and it was, it was pretty special. It was just great to see all the love and, and the support from the, the fan base. So I couldn't be more excited for, for an amazing fan base back in the, the football program like that Indiana has. Now, Tyler, with you, it's not as uh, a long of a journey, but what we do like to do is hop in the time machine and and go back in time. When did you, you know, growing up in what is largely known as a basketball state, but also you were born into the era of Peyton Manning and grew up with, with Andrew Luck. I'm wondering, when did you find the game of football and recognize that it was more than just a passing fancy for you? You know, yeah, I started playing flag football back in kindergarten, first grade. Um, I played quarterback for my first year um, as a third grader. I got put at quarterback in third grade. And ever since then, it's been my, my favorite thing to do. Um, I've always been a three-sport athlete, so I played football, basketball, and baseball um, up until my freshman year. And then after that year, um, going into my sophomore, junior year, I wanted to, to really focus in on football and, and be the best quarterback I could be. So that's what I decided to do, stuck it out with football, and I'm glad with my, my choice. Who were you a fan of as a kid? Did you have posters on the wall of quarterbacks? Who were you looking my favorite, up to? My favorite quarterback was Russell Wilson growing up. He was one of my favorites. I, I became a Seahawks fan and fell in love with those guys when, when they were winning all the Super Bowls. I would I'd play Madden against my little brothers and kick their butt with the Seahawks when they were 99 overall. So kind of fell in love with those guys. But these days, I'm a big Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow fan. Those are my, my go-tos. I'd say Justin Herbert's probably my favorite as of now. What what did you see in the few games, the few snaps he played with Anthony Richardson? Do you think he's going to be good enough to make you a Colts fan? I think so. I, I was really impressed just watching his combine and stuff. It's just um, amazing numbers and stuff. He's, it's just something you don't see every day, and I think he's he could be really, really special. Listen, Ward and I were three-sport athletes, too. We <laughs> sucked at all of them. We were terrible. When did you realize that you were good at like better than good at football and that that was really going to be a path for you to get you, you know, through college. When, when was that moment for you? 
yeah, you know, growing up um, in, in, in Indiana, basketball is a big thing and going to all the high school basketball games and stuff were, were great. But, you know, going to the, the Center Grove, just our community, um, going to those Friday night football games were were special as a little kid standing down there being the ball boy for a couple of games. You could just feel the environment and the electricity there. So I think that's just once I was down there and felt the love from the community and support, I knew that was what I wanted to end up doing. So I would say around my freshman year, sophomore, eighth grade year, um, I've got a, just just really, really great years with my my teammates, and my brothers um, here at Center Grove. So I think just going into high school, I knew football was going to be the one for me. Now, I don't know what it is in the water in Greenwood, but there's a lot of good ballers coming out of there. You uh I, I let's say I'm you were backing up Taven, right? Were were mm-hmm. you you were you were there at the same time and I just I wonder not only with what Taven was doing there ahead of you, but what Trace did with both you guys ahead of time and and deciding to come down to Bloomington. How much does that kind of play into um where you are now just just seeing uh both of those brothers have such great success in high school one going straight to bloomington the other one getting back there how does that play into your decision or your just allure with going 40 minutes down the road and being a hoosier hero yeah you know there's a lot of familiar familiarity there um just with with trace going down there and being so successful and, and making it to the nba that's that's really special and awesome and just playing behind Taven. Um, got to, to learn and become better teammates and friends with him. Um, like I said, there's a lot of familiarity and we've got a lot of mutual respect for each other. So I think just that, that draws, draws the attention to IU and just, just seeing those guys go down there and, and be successful. It's something that definitely attracts kids like me to go down there and continue it on being an in-state kid and also open it up for the rest of the in-state kids going to, going to Indiana, just the rest of the way it, it paves the way for, for the other recruits coming up, seeing that why wouldn't you want to go 45 minutes from your house to a power five school that, plays in one of the best conferences in the country every year. And, and you get to go and play for a coaching staff as, as special as this new coaching staff is. It's, it's something you can't pass up on as an Indiana kid. When you watched football games, once you realized that, that football was going to be your sport, when you watch football games, whether it's Russell Wilson or Herbert or whoever, are you watching the game as a fan or are you watching the game from a mechanic standpoint? Are you trying to glean footwork and arm position and torque and all that like how do you watch the games you know it's it's hard to watch it as a fan being a quarterback you know just getting to I love reading the defenses and stuff sitting down on a Sunday and looking what the coverage is they're playing see where the easy access throws are going to be it's it's fun to try and guess the play before they even run it so I like to take some time off and watch it as a fan every once in a while but I'm usually looking at defenses watching quarterbacks and their pocket movement how they throw everything it's it's hard to do but I like doing a little bit of both do you do you uh, listen to the Manning cast and get the perspective of those two guys to see how they're yeah. seeing it come? Those Monday night games are so fun watching them. Monday, Thursday, whenever they do those, those are those are so fun listening to those guys. Just two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Listening through their minds is is crazy. Actually, my, one of my favorite ones was when they were like calling the plays in the huddle and um, just how much it is. It's crazy to see how smart as a quarterback you have to be and. And that's something that intrigues me about being a quarterback is being in control and having to be the smart guy that everyone looks to um, every single play in the huddle. Manning has his Omaha. Omaha, what is your Omaha? Do you have your own call there? You know, I don't have one yet. Um, for our high school, we we like to call out the coverage in our cadence. So it'd be like set. If it was cover two, I'd be green two, green two, green four for cover four. Just calling out the coverage to get my 
my wide receivers a little bit of a cue of, of what they're running. So I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to figure one of those out. I know Dak Prescott and those guys are, yeah, here we go. Or Omaha turbo, turbo, all those, all those different words. So I'll have to, I'll have to figure one out for sure. I do wonder because there's so much emphasis on the physicality of the game of football and, and the quarterback position, you know, the footwork, all that stuff. But in terms of the mental processing, the mental speed, the acuity, um, the knowledge you need to uh, get, maintain, have access to in a split second, are, is there anything you do to exercise your brain outside of, of the mental work within the game? You play chess, you know, is there, is there any focus even in the sports world on getting your brain in better shape? You know, I like to, I like to better myself by, by watching a lot of film. I think film is very important. Um, going into the week, you're studying the defense, trying to figure out more of what they do um, more than what they even know what they're doing. You try and pre pre plan for those guys and, I think just watching film and, and doing that stuff really sharpens my brain. Um, my quarterback coach here in high school does a great job just watching film, having great game plans. We, we watch it throughout the week almost every single day, and I think that's just something that really helps me stay sharp through the week, knowing going into the game that I'm super confident, knowing what they're going to do and how we're going to work against it. All right, look, man, you're a six foot five, 220-pound leader. You're a quarterback. You're a good-looking kid. What are you doing when you're not playing football? What, what, there's got to be something else you're, you know, are you a ladies' man? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hitting up the golf course, going out with my friends, playing 18 holes, maybe 36 if we're feeling it. But I love going out and golf, and that's probably my favorite hobby. And besides that, I like to fish. Fishing and golf are my two, my two hobbies. So I'm either hitting up the links or hitting up the pond. What's Dude, your handicap? Like, also, what are you, 40? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think my, um, I think my my lowest round I shot um, last summer was maybe a 82, 83. So not too bad, but oh, I'm, yeah. I'm getting better. I really picked it up over the summer and I'm, I'm trying to work on it. Do you play golf right handed? Yep. Righty. Got it. All right. What's your what is your single favorite play that you have made in a football game? I would say there was a play last year. Um, we were playing against Warren Central High School. Uh, it was in the regional championship. Um, I dropped back to pass. They had a really good defensive end um, coming off the edge. And he grabbed my arm and I spun and did a 360. It's actually in my highlight tape, my senior highlight tape. I did a 360 um, and turned and still made the throw. After doing a 360 in the backfield, I got out of it and, and made a play out of it. That one was pretty fun. Um, I think that's that's up there with a lot of them. But I think just throwing a touchdown pass in Lucas Oil as a junior was pretty awesome, too. Making some big-time plays in the state championships pretty special, and those will, will stick with me, too. Yeah, yeah, take us through that. Just, you know, the the moments potentially on the tournament run as you just hit one or or in the championship itself. Just winning a state championship and bringing it home to Center Grove. Just just take us through the highlights of that. You know, that's that's the best feeling in the world. Just the build that whole week, just building up to the state championship. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype coming into the game and stuff. We were so going into my junior, we had won back to back state championship. We're going for three in a row um, at that point. So just a lot of a lot of fans and stuff saying stuff and just super excited. Um, the bus ride down is always fun. They do a big tailgate and they cheer us on with all the cowbell cowbells and stuff and cheering going into the stadium. But once you're down there on the field in Lucas Oil, it's just, it's just another football game and you got to go out there and and do your job. So I think we won. We won that one pretty big. So once we got to the fourth quarter, looking up at the Jumbotron and stuff, looking at each other on there was pretty fun and, and special. And afterwards, it's great. We go back to the high school field and all the fans that were there come and celebrate. And, and we get on the microphone and each senior talks a little bit. And 
you know, it's just awesome. Just winning a state championship for your school is, is really special. What's your favorite class? I love math. Math's really what I'm into. I had trigonometry this year as a senior. Trig? Dude, was that an AP class? No, it was just a regular. I had to take a, an, a regular one to be able to graduate early. Got it. Got it. All right, Trig, what's your least favorite class? Least? I'm not a big writer, so I had a senior composition class this year, and that wasn't very fun. Well, that surprises me because you seem so articulate. You have a lot to say. I would think that writing would be a good way for you to kind of get your thoughts down on paper. Plus, one day you're going to have to write your memoir. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I mean, imagine you're going to have a you're going to have a section on winning a state championship, bringing a Rose Bowl championship win back to Indiana or to Indiana for the first time ever being the, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, leading them to the Super Bowl. Like yep. those are all things that are going to be chapter headings in your memoir. So just, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, just I'm just saying you may want to audit some classes at Indiana and do a little bit more writing. I'm going to have to, th I'm going to think about that and definitely take that into consideration. Picking these yeah. classes. <laughs> ghost writers. There's always ghost writers. All right, let's get into the decision to go to Indiana University. And obviously so much of that decision was predicated on the new coaching staff. We are all just getting to know this coaching staff. I think in your, as Eric said, fast and furious courtship by the new coaching staff, you you had to process this information pretty quickly. Um, who are these guys? What are they about? And what can they do for, for me and really my teammates in the future were I to go to Bloomington? Um, we've gotten a few like uh, more general impressions you had of the way they've developed quarterbacks, but I was hoping you could drill down a little bit more. What, what did the coaching staff, both uh, Shanahan, um, Signetti, and uh, I'm spacing on the new quarterbacks coach. Sinceri. Sinceri. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, what were some of the specifics they were talking to you about your game and their style of play or their scheming that really clicked for you? Yeah, you know, I really believe in, in their vision, like I've said before in all these articles and stuff. Um, Coach Signetti is, is determined to, to rebuild this program, and he's done it before. So he, he's one of the most confident coaches I've ever met, and he's, it's hard not to jump on his train and believe on what he said. Um, Coach Sincere, he is really impressive. Um, he loves to win. He loves his quarterback plays. Um, like you've seen, um, they've had four out of their last five quarterbacks win the conference player of the year and whatever conference they're in that is that is really attractive just showing and they're all different types of styles of guys they some were runners some were throwers you know they build their scheme around their players so no matter what you're coming into with them they're going to build around you and work around you and um, coach Sinetti's done an amazing job in the portal getting guys and recruits and keeping them containing them but you know I think it's definitely a, a neat dynamic um, to have two like co-offensive coordinators it just gives another set of set of eyes on the offense and and looking and, and examining things and, and the trust and bond that Coach Coach Lanceri and Coach Shanahan have um, is really impressive. They're former teammates. They're basically brothers, and they've got a great, great little duo there running the running the offense for us. So I just think that they take a lot of pride in their work. Um, Coach Signetti super fired up and excited about this job and, and is ready to, and like I said, determined to rebuild this program. So you said your favorite player was Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Coach Signetti has a connection to Russell Wilson in that he recruited him at NC State, I believe, yeah. has been reported. Was that something that you were made aware of? Did they did they know you were a Russell Wilson fan? How did you find that out? No, I no, I had no clue about that. I knew he was at, at um, NC State with Phillip Rivers and those guys, but I didn't know he recruited Russell, so that's pretty, pretty awesome. You didn't know that until just now? I did not, no. 
I mean, we're here to just bring knowledge to the world. Heck yeah. Um, all right. Look, walk us through a little bit. The world, I think we, I think our fan base has a little bit more knowledge when it comes to recruiting on the basketball side. It's a little bit more manageable because there aren't as many players. So it's easier to focus in on. But football recruiting just seems like the Wild West because even when you've committed, everybody's still recruiting to get you to decommit. So when you had committed to Duke, was there ever a time where you weren't being recruited to decommit from Duke while you were committed to Duke? You know, there was a lot right away. Um, I think even on the day I committed, I was getting calls from Missouri and a couple guys from Penn State. Like the day I committed, which was which was wild. I was just trying to take a day and settle in with my decision. But, you know, it settled down through the football season. Um, I kind of kind of stopped responding to most of the guys just to really solidify my decision with Duke. And I felt that was the right thing to do. But. Once I opened up my recruitment again, it was just wild. Just the amount of people and phone calls I was receiving was well, was, was crazy. Yeah, so you decommitted on December 15th. It's mm -hmm. only December 21st right now. So yeah. from decom official decommitment to commitment was like 48 hours or whatever it was. Yeah. It was crazy. What was the first and, – and obviously it probably happened before you officially decommitted because people knew what was going to happen. Yeah. What, who was the first person to reach out to you at, at Indiana under this new staff? Yeah, it would have been Coach Sinceri. I think he called me. I'm not sure when they got the job, but they were already on the phone with me a day or two after that. Um, they reached out. They wanted me to come down for a visit. They actually came and visited my school um, the first Monday that they were in office. So wow. Coach Shannon and Coach Koontz, the defensive, court, uh, defensive line, he talked to my brother and, and offered him, which is pretty special too. But yes. Coach Shanahan and Coach Sinceri, they came down to Center Grove and we talked for about an hour, hour, 30 minutes just about the vision. And, you know, that after I talked with them, there was a there was a feeling that these guys are special. And I and that first impression with those guys was something that I'll never forget. Just them coming down, selling themselves. And they weren't talking about anybody else. They were just believing in themselves because of how confident and they know that what they're going to do is going to work. So I think just that first impression with those coaches really had a big, big play in my, my commitment. And I, you know, football again is so different than, than other sports in that it is very common to commit to a school that has many people in your position that are already committed or going to commit to that school. You're entering a very exciting quarterback room with, mm -hmm. you know, there's a transfer from Ohio. Who's got a body of work behind him. Obviously Taven is still there. Um, there's, there's new commitments that they got in this re recruiting cycle. What is the conversation that happens about that and just the competition in the room? And how do you get comfortable with knowing that, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be promised anything. I got to go earn it. But what is that conversation like? Yeah, you know, like Coach Ignetti said yesterday in one of his interviews, every, nothing's given, everything's earned. So it's it's always an open competition. And Coach Sinceri um, always says it's not a depth chart, it's a rep chart. So you're going to get your chance to prove yourself. So if you believe you can go in there, get bigger, faster, stronger, and believe you can play, you're going to get the opportunity to to show that. But, you know, Curtis, I, I took a visit out to um, Ohio last spring during my recruitment. So I got to know Curtis a little bit through that. He is He's awesome. He's a great guy. And I'm really excited to get in there and to to work alongside with him and learn as much as I can from his long experience in college football. And, you know, Taven being familiar with him, it's I'm excited to get back working with him. But, you know, I'm just super excited to get in there with these guys and, and to work side by side and, and rebuild the, the 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 quarterback room. You know, the guy that's going to be on the field, he's going to be a representation of every single quarterback in that quarterback room. So I think just building great bonds with those guys is something I'm really looking forward to. 
So what are you going to do between now and the time you get down to Bloomington to get yourself ready? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to stay in the weight room, keep working, keep throwing all the, all the stuff I've been doing. Um, just keep, keep working the most I can. And once I get down there, just take advantage of every single opportunity I get. I'm excited to get in with the, the new strength coach, uh, Coach Owing. And that's just going to be great. He seldom sold himself really well on, on my visits and stuff. And he's got a, has a good, good plan for, for the program and just how everything's going to turn out. So have you graduated already or do you graduate soon? So I graduated two days ago. Tuesday was my last day of school. I, I had my last day of school. I committed and then I signed yesterday. So three things in a row that have been pretty wild. And when do you go to Bloomington? Because I know you'll be there for spring football, obviously. But when do you actually get to Bloomington? Yeah, I don't know an exact date. I know it's early January, though. So probably that that first week. I think school resumes maybe the fourth, fifth, one of those days. So I'll be down there right around then. Do you have any idea where you're going to live yet? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the the football players live in Walnut. It's one of the newer dorms right oh, across nice. the state. Very nice. And uh, what are you gonna what are you gonna study? You know what your major is gonna be? I'm gonna try and get into the Kelly School of Business. Um, that's what my mom did down at IU, and I've always been intrigued by the business side of um, of the work world. So I want to go back to they come down. The football coaches meet with you. They impress the hell out of you. I do want to ask this though. Signetti seems scary. He scares us like we're scared to talk to him because he seems like a no nonsense. A reporter asks him a stupid question and he tells him it's a stupid question. <laughs> like he's scared. Is there a part of him that is a little scary in person? You know, when I first got to, to meet Coach Signetti, he had a lot going on and, and you could tell he was a man on a mission. He had a lot of things he wanted to accomplish. But, you know, the more time we went down there multiple times, he came for an in-home visit at my house. Um, we went down there two times for two visits and the more I got to spend time with him, the more comfortable he got. And you could see as things were falling into the place, the, into place, the more excited he got. And he takes he takes a lot of pride in the work that he puts in. And he's he's really excited with the way things are are going. But, you know, I don't think I was ever scared just going into his office for the first time again. He was he was awesome and and really welcoming and warm to my family. So just got to know him a little bit and got more comfortable with him. How did you actually commit? Like, what was the actual commitment? Did you call somebody? Who'd you call? How'd it go? What'd they say? Yeah, so so I called uh, Coach Signetti first. Uh, had to let him know he was he was super pumped. He said he had to step out of his office and scream into the stadium for a little bit how excited he was. So <laughs> that made me laugh, and and I was pretty excited. Um, and then I called Coach Sunsiri after that and Coach Shanahan and, and let them know, and they were both just fired up and super excited. Um, Coach Signetti said it was going to blow up and it was going to be a big thing, and I hadn't posted anything yet, so I wasn't too sure, and um, once I did it, it really did, like he said. And awesome. how did your, when you talk to your family about it, obviously there's so much cream and crimson churning through your blood. Um, obviously they all want best for you and your future. And I'm sure they were super supportive when you decided to go to Duke. But what was the reaction when you told them you're going to Bloomington? Oh, they were, they were pumped. Uh, my grandpa had his candy stripe pants on, his Indiana polo and his Indiana hat and candy stripe socks. He was he was fired up. Uh, that was actually last night. We went to a family Christmas party. He was excited when I was walking in. They had the Indiana theme song playing, and everyone was fired up for the for the Indiana. Could you talk a little bit about your grandfather's experience as an IU football player? Yeah, he went down there what seems like forever ago. I'm not even sure who the coach was, or it was it was definitely a long time ago. But you know, he was a defensive lineman, and he was a hard nosed man. He he still is. He loves coaching those O linemen, D linemen guys up, and you know, he's he's funny. He's got a different perspective of of everything because things have changed nowadays, but you know, he's still thinking back in the day, but he's, uh, he's, I love my grandpa. He, he's had a good play in my recruitment and, and just wants what's best for me. But you know, once I flipped it back to, to Indiana, he was for sure fired up.
your your grandfather being like a rugged defensive lineman, you said, does he think you're just the sissy quarterback who doesn't want to get hit? Like, does he give you, you know, shit for that? He, he calls me princess a little bit, but, you know, he, <laughs> he, he likes to keep those defensive line off me when he can. He likes to get on the offensive linemen if they're not holding their bargain and, and likes to to keep me on my feet. But now, now you mentioned what? your brother. Your younger yeah. brother is a defensive lineman, right? In the he class is. of 2026. Obviously, he's already locked up for Indiana. We know that. Um, <laughs> but do, has he at Center Grove in practice? Has he ever sacked you? You know, usually they got to stay off the quarterback. Um, just going as the scout team quarterback, they got to stay off. But you know, they get yeah, close. that's the they problem like, with today's football. That is the problem. <laughs> they like to they like to stay. They like to get as close as they can and. You know, there's a couple funny pictures of him trying to tackle me and me throwing around him. So just going against him in practices is, is definitely fun. And How he's also he? a, he's also a baseball player, right? Are, are we competing yeah. with uh, with the baseball side of him to make sure he comes down to Bloomington in a, a helmet and shoulder pads? You know, it's going to be he plays both. And he's honestly, he's really good at both. He's a he's a stud baseball player, good pitcher, first baseman. And but he's he's fallen in love with football, too. He got on the field as a varsity uh, defensive tackle this year as a sophomore. So. I think he's this offseason. He's he's getting really big, lots of weightlifting and stuff. And but you know he's a he's a great pitcher, baseball player too. So it's going to be a tough battle, I think, down the stretch on what he wants to do or if he'll do both or or what he's going to turn into. How, How big, big is, he? is he? So he's about six four right now, up to about two forty, two fifty. So I'm still the big brother. And he's, and he's like sixteen. Yeah, he's about. I think he's fifteen still, sixteen. So I'm still the big brother, but I think he's got me. And if if any fights break out, I think he's he's kicking my butt these days. Yeah, don't <laughs> fight a defensive lineman; they're crazy. Yeah, all right. Oh yeah. So let's get a little to know you just a little bit off the field. Favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie? I'm a Hunger Games fan. The Hunger Games with with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and. But you got to pick those. one. You can't have all four movies. Which movie? Ooh, I'm and actually, go with... all five movies. Because have you seen the new one, the prequel? I'm not really looking no. forward to seeing that. All right, give me your favorite of the four. Uh, I'm gonna go with the second one. I don't know. Uh, Catching Fire, maybe is what yeah. it's called. So, games Catching Fire. That's my favorite. Okay. Call. Um, you you what what are you listening to the most right now, music wise? What's the heaviest in the rotation? Listening wise, I think on my Spotify rap that came out about a month ago, Morgan Wallen was number one on my list. Um, so I like I like listening to some country and stuff, but also Drake and those guys before games and stuff working out, you know, just kind of how I'm feeling, just the mood I'm in. It'll it'll change. Favorite TV show of all time. I think The Flash. I, I, I loved watching The Flash when it was really popular uh, back in the day a little bit. Um, there's a couple of Netflix shows that I like watching, like Stranger Things and all that. But I think The Flash is probably my first love. I mean, TV. Go. You're you're a, you're like a 17 year old kid. Are you 17 or 18? I'm 18. You're 18 year old kid growing up in the state of Indiana. You gotta love Stranger Things. I mean, it's like yeah. it's oh. like your life 40 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Um. Okay. Uh. Do you video game at all? Uh. I'm not a big video game guy, but when I need to, I can I can kick some butt in Madden. I can win a Fortnite game or, or whatever I need to do. I can get it done on the on the video games. <laughs> okay. Favorite food? Food? Uh, I like orange chicken. Panda Express is my favorite favorite restaurant, so orange chicken's the go-to. Panda Dessert? Express is your favorite restaurant. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, my daughter would say the same thing. She's thirteen. Too. She's predicating her decision on where to go to high school because there's a Panda Express she can go to for lunch. That's <laughs> oh, good. that's awesome! That's um, sugar sauce. That's sugar sauce. It, that's dessert, it speaking of sugar, a dessert. What's your, what's your go-to dessert? You know, I like cookies and stuff, but if I'm picking anything, I want some ice cream. I'll take a McFlurry from McDonald's or something. Uh, M&M or Oreo McFlurry always gets the job done. Great choice. Uh, burger or hot dog? 
Burger. From where? Oof, that's a that's a really tough choice. Um, you know, a couple of my O lineman friends introduced me to the triple cheeseburger from McDonald's this year. Triple so the triple cheeseburger is a little bit different um, from McDonald's, but <laughs> it hits a know, little different. It hits a little different. It hits a little different, but I think there's a there's a really good place in town here called uh, Tried and True. It's one of the it's just like a uh, small business here in, in Indiana, um, Center Grove area, but they make a really good like smash burger with a lot of bacon like on it. So, yeah. Where's your Where's your favorite pizza from? Pizza. I'm gonna go with Papa John's. That's my favorite. I like their their cheese sauce and and it's yeah, good. Yeah, that cheese sauce comes correct. Yes. Um, uh, last time you dressed up for Halloween, what were you? Oh, last time I dressed so. Um, that probably would have been fifth, sixth grade was, this is probably my favorite. This probably isn't the last time I did, but fifth and sixth grade, um, center Grove, our rival school is Carmel in Indiana. They're from up North. And I dressed up as, um, a Carmel cheerleader, but ugly. So the <laughs> ugly Carmel cheerleaders just to rub in their face a little bit. Me and a couple of my buddies did that. And it was pretty funny. Um, how excited are you? Ward, you got any more of those? Um, no, I think we're good there. How excited are you that you are obviously you're now days away really from being an Indiana Hoosier officially and, and going to school and being on campus. But the next time that Indiana suits up, they are in the first ever national conference, the big 10 taking on four new teams. And you are going to fly out to Los Angeles where we are. And Indiana is going to play in the Rose bowl. How ex did, did you think at all about like just the, the excitement of that when you were uh, going through your process? You know, not much. Coach Signetti told us there were going to be eight home games that first year, so that's really what stuck out. But seeing UCLA week three at UCLA on the schedule is pretty awesome going out to Los Angeles early in the year. Um, I think that'll be pretty, pretty awesome and special for the for the team. Yeah, for those of us who live out here, too, and actually, you know, look, we, we know you guys are going to get to the Rose Bowl plenty of times, but to know there's one guaranteed on the schedule yeah. right off the jump in the new era, we're all very excited. Yeah, no, I can only imagine the excitement out there for, for you guys. What's it like with the other recruits? You guys got a text chain going with all the other recruits? It's like, I, I know I think 21 have been announced so far. Mm -hmm. I think Coach Signetti said there's going to be a bunch of other transfers after they play in bowl yeah. games, maybe seven other players. But how do you, again, with basketball, it's a handful of people. It's pretty easy mm -hmm. to meet. How do you get to meet this huge group of people so that you have some familiarity with them? Yeah, you know, I, I met a, a couple of them on on my visit. Brody uh, Kosin, he's the tight end for Michigan. I really got to know him um, at the basketball game that we went to against Kansas. That was that was definitely awesome too. Another topic. That oh. basketball game was was amazing. Um, just seeing the, the everything except support. the outcome. Everything except, except the outcome. outcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I got to reach out to most of them on social media, which is nice. And these days, you can just send them a text really quick, and they can send you your Snapchat or phone number or whatever they have. But I've reached out and talked to most of them um, on social media. Uh, Kobe Martin, one of the running backs, he's from a local school around here too. Um, so I've I've known him before. Talked to him on other visits, and you know, just just reaching out to those guys and, and building relationships and knowing we're going to be the guys that are coming in to try and turn this thing around. So now that seems to come very naturally and easily to you, the leadership aspect of being a quarterback. Um, is it just something you've, you've had to consciously work on or is it just like, yeah, I want to reach out to all these guys and start to get us on the same page before we show up in Bloomington. Is it just who you've always been? Yeah, I think it comes pretty naturally to me. Once I took on the quarterback role, that's just what you have to be. Um, even on the field, off the field, just in your in your life, at school, everything. You got to be that leader, doing the right thing. 
Um, cause I think in my age and in and, and this day, there's, there's pictures of everything, but you gotta be, you gotta be sharp at all times. Um, you know, just being a quarterback and a, and a well-known person in the community, everyone's looking at you and all the little kids look up to you. So trying to set a good role model, good example for all the little kids and, and stuff. So they're, they're the, they're the guys you're looking at on Friday nights and you want to be setting a good, good example for those guys. But I think leadership wise, I think just wanting to, to build the best possible class and the best relationship coming into this thing. Um, you know, just having the, a good relationship is going to set us up for success in, in the coming years. Do you, you see yourself already as a recruiter for IU, whether it's other guys locally who are thinking about it? Your brother. Yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> you're the in-house lead recruiter there. Yeah. Is that is that a role you're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely, I'm already on that and going to continue to be as long as I'm in Bloomington? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's a big part of it. I think being an Indiana kid and wanting to recruit the Indiana guys. So I know a lot of these, these high schoolers that are, are coming up and, being a being a kid going to Indiana now at a high profile guy like me, I think I think that's something that's going to attract a lot of other guys um, from the state of Indiana. Like I said earlier, how could you pass up this opportunity to to come to a school like this? So I think Coach Signetti will pass along some numbers and stuff if he ever needs to for me to give some advice or shoot out some text messages. But I'm just really excited for the pipeline that that this could open up for the rest of the Indiana in-state home recruits to to come to Indiana. What was your GPA? My GPA, I think it was like a three eight. Three nine, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. Listen, you're a good looking kid. You're a great athlete. You're a good student. You talk real well. It pisses me off. You just got too much going for you. Give us something you don't do well. Just give me something that you're terrible at. I'm a horrible dancer. I cannot yes. dance to save my life. Good. Good. Because <laughs> if you were a good dancer, we would never talk to you again. <laughs> that was but good. I all right. So, I've seen you dance around the pocket. You've got you. Yeah, you, you, you know, got the moves when you need to. You know, yeah. Like I said, doing a three sixty or something, it comes a little naturally on the field. But when I'm thinking about it, I, I just cannot dance. My younger brother Kobe, he can dance to save his life. He's the best dancer in the family, and he's he's got all the moves. But me, no, none. If I was having a conversation with your mom and I said, "Mom, what is the most annoying thing about living with Tyler?" What would she say? Mm, that's a tough question. You know. Probably, mm, I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty good son, you know, but if I had to pick something. Do you uh, clean up after yourself? Do you do dishes? You know, my, do you do laundry? I like to leave a lot of water bottles in my room. Mm -hmm. um, so I That's take annoying. like three sips. So I take like three sips of a water bottle and then leave it on the counter and it doesn't get finished. That's probably the most annoying thing is when there's a hundred water bottles piled yeah. up and none of them are finished. She gets pretty mad about that. Let's what just say that if you had that conversation with my mom, the answer would come a little easier and it would be a lot worse than leaving water bottles around. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler, what, what would you like to share with Hoosier Nation? What would you like to say to all of us who are so excited to welcome you into the family officially? What What would you like to say to all of us? You know, I can't thank thank everyone enough for the the support I've been given. Um, just the com just the community, the environment, the program is is turning in the the right direction, and I can't wait to be a part of it. Um, you know, I think the atmosphere at the basketball game that I went to was amazing. Um, and Coach Nasiri said something to me that stuck with me was, I said to him, how how could you not want to come here and play basketball? He said, in a couple of years, it's going to be like that for football. How could you not want to come here and play football? And that stuck with me this this whole time, the rest of the way. And, you know, I think that's what it needs to be, just a great fan, fan base, fan support. I think if we do that every single Saturday, you know, Indiana could turn into something special on the national, national powerhouse. And would you agree with Coach Zignetti that both Purdue, Ohio State, and Michigan all suck? <laughs> 
I'm going to have to say yes and agree with Coach Signetti. <laughs> Smart move. Tyler, we are so excited. I'm sure you are feeling it, but you know the history of Indiana football and the ups and, and a lot of downs. The idea that a kid from the heart of Indiana who had a lot of options chose to come to Indiana and believes in this new staff, it just lifts up an entire state of people that want nothing more but for Indiana football to be what it can be. And it just feels like there is energy and enthusiasm and a movement happening to make it that way. You're a huge part of that. We were so excited to talk to you. Really loved getting to know you a little bit. Uh, you're a good sport with all of our ridiculous questions, and we can't wait to root like hell for you when you're when you're on that field tossing 80-yard bombs. No, yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate you having me on. I was I was looking forward to it from the first time you reached out and and couldn't be more thankful for this opportunity. Just super excited to get down there and get to work and and take this thing uh, to some championships. So, well, and awesome. if not before, when you hear two particularly loud idiots in the Rose Bowl, you know that's us. <laughs> I'll you guys know exactly on. who it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully Probably starting a fight. Probably starting a fight. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you be good. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. That was a guest. That was a guest. That is what you call a stud. Impressive. Right? Just so impressive. Like, he's totally present, locked in on it in every way, shape, and form. That is the kind of young man you believe can lead your program to great things. That is a quarterback. You know, like, look. When I was in high school, I don't know what, you, what your football team was like, but in my high school, we had two quarterbacks. One was Dewan Hawthorne, who was the best athlete in, in the school. And he was just, he was the best athlete. He ended up playing for the Dallas Cowboys as a D-back. And Boy, I loved him. Great guy. Great, great. But the other guy was a guy who was a friend of mine named Sean Foley. Sean, Sean's brother is Scott Foley, the actor. Whoa. Okay. You know, you know Scott? Yep. Sure. So look at Scott Foley, right? Like, he's a really good-looking, tall guy, speaks well, articulate. That's what Sean was. He's the quarterback. Like, that's the quarterback. Letter jacket. You know what I mean? He just – Tyler Cherry looks like he was built to be a quarterback. Tall, good-looking, articulate, funny, like, just has everything together. I've got a crush on him. Yeah, man. It's getting kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, you told him twice that he was good-looking. I was like, this is this – is... He's in high school, bro. This is weird. <laughs> nah, he's not a high school student anymore. He's a college student. That's true. He did graduate a couple of days ago. I, which I just is think remarkable. he looks like he was created in a factory for quarterbacks. I mean, he just looks like a quarterback. Well, and I'm pretty sure he actually does have red hair. I couldn't quite tell with the lighting and the hoodie and his name being Cherry. I'm like, the guy is a little like he is kind of out of a character out of a movie, like just the prototypical archetypical quarterback the name. and the name right like yeah tyler cherry like that's a quarterback name yeah yeah like from an 80s movie yes well <laughs> if, absolutely absolutely he just he's but he's got this um youthful enthusiasm too that i really like you can tell he is geeked up to get down there yeah and and clearly none of it is too big for him. Like, uh, this is just the natural progression of Tyler's life. And talking to him about leadership, where he was just like, yeah, it came naturally to me. And you can tell by the way he says it came naturally to him, it came naturally to him. Right. Like, it's not <laughs> some sort of like, okay, now I've got to be this thing. Um, 
And look, you can even go to, say, Andrew Luck, who always felt like that was kind of forced upon him. He'd rather oh, really? be in some Eastern European city admiring architecture and writing notes in his notebook than leading a group of men. And he did it very well, but essentially it was something he had to do and got out as quickly as he could. With Tyler, you just feel like, oh, yeah, he is so comfortable with who he is and what he's doing. And... And that Pied Piper thing he speaks of in the state of Indiana, I totally believe that's going to happen. And then that that came, you know, for him in terms of like he he still didn't get into like the scheme or the style or the strategy behind what the new IU staff was pitching him. He was going to be playing in. He was like, there's something special about those guys and what they have going on. It's it's something beyond the field and x's and o's it is an energy it is a confidence i think it's a chemistry between that coaching staff which is really pulling people in yeah you know what else i think it is it is a uh gravity it's a seriousness that signetti has that we haven't seen in quite some time like he's done it before so like you know and i'm not trying to bag on on tom but tom had never done it before Right. He has never been a head coach before. Coach Sig has been a head coach before multiple times at very difficult places. He carries that with him. You can you can just feel like, yeah, I know how to do this. It's why I love the disdain for the press, because he <laughs> he just doesn't have patience for it. It's like, I, I'm not going to answer this bullshit. I I know the answer. It's enough for me that I know the answer and I don't need to waste my time with you. But I think that guys like Tyler Cherry who are very serious about football they recognize game recognize game and they recognize that oh th this is a serious dude and the thing that I have loved the most about Signetti so far is it just feels like we're a real football program all of a sudden it just feels like we've we've leveled up just because of how he carries himself and the chemistry with his staff it's like it didn't take like 50 interviews these are my, this is my offensive coordinator, my defensive coordinator, all the coaches. It's like he knew who it was going to be immediately. Well, um, I just and, love and, that he had the plan. Well, and the way that he went through and interviewed all the coaches from the previous staff, he only kept one, but the way he had them all say, who are the top 50 guys on this team? It's like, it's so methodical. It's so efficient to figure out in the shortest amount of time possible who are the guys I need to try to get back out of the portal or keep from going into the portal? Who's the core I've got to retain while we're also grabbing these other guys we need to get? It just, it's, it's so confidence inducing. I loved when he said in the press conference that a lot of guys that had gone into the portal when they made the coaching decision um, before they had hired him, that many of them had called wanting back in. I didn't take them all back. Yep. He's like, he's like, we got uh, guys uh, on the bus, back on the bus, and some guys are not on the bus anymore. Like, yeah, it was he said like, we got the right guys on the bus, the right guys off the bus, which look, it's it's a huge part of it. Addition by subtraction is a huge part of it. And being able to recognize that quickly is incredible. And, and he has to. I mean, he had days to do it, like days to do it. And I really enjoyed a couple of the things Tyler shared about the warmth that Signetti welcomed his family and also just 
just the humor to say that, hey, I've got to step out into the stadium and scream for joy. It just shows because I do think ultimately, and I think we've seen it with Woody, this ability to be warm and to be humorous in this day and age. I think it's something where players don't just want a drill sergeant barking at them all day, every day. You need to know it's somebody who can crack a smile or put an arm around your shoulder when need be and and certainly what we're seeing from Coach Sig with the media is not much of that. So he's he's got those skill sets, those aspects of his personality available where it matters the most with the players and their family. And there have been a couple moments where he's like had a wry smile where you can tell like the sense of humor thing is a tool in the bag that he very calculatedly uses you know, <laughs> even even the way he he got the jam, you crowd fired up on yes. the Pat McAfee show, the way he got Assembly Hall crowd fired up. You know, he he knows he knows how to push the buttons of his fan base in a fun and exciting way. Totally. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, and I loved when I said that he was the cherry on top. Your face just dropped. You're like, Hi, he did it. He went for it. He went it, for it, it. It was it was rough. It was You're rough. just mad that you didn't come up with it. Oh, I think everybody came up with it, but you are the one who used it. That's right. I'm the one willing to step into the breach. Did you ever listen? I am the one willing to sacrifice, Ward. Did you did you ever uh listen to the Bob and Tom sketch with the character? Obvious. No. <laughs> you would no. just say really obvious things and they'd come in with obvious. Well, there you go. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. Get ready, everybody. No E. No I. But the sometimes why. You know what I call that? What? A cherry bomb. Okay. I mean, should I just cue John Cougar Mellencamp outside mm. the cherry bomb? You know, that's that's kind or, of underplayed, that one. Or that's one of the poison. No. She's my cherry pie. No, it's the Coog. You gotta do the Coog in this situation. In this situation. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.